Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today for episode 21. We're in a conversation series called Leaders in the Living Room. This series is all about helping followers of Jesus to glean wisdom from Christian leaders from around the country on how to lead in their homes and workplaces during a season like the one we're in with the COVID-19 pandemic. Today, lead pastor Adam Weber joins the episode to share wisdom and insight from his living room perspective. Well, here we go. This is the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in as we are continuing our conversation series called Leaders in the Living Room. I'm excited for today's episode because I have what is becoming a very quickly good friend. Uh, Lead pastor Adam Weber is joining the episode today. Adam, say hi to the podcast for us. Michael, it's a huge blessing to be on, honored uh, to have the time with you today. So this is a big deal to me. I appreciate it. I actually uh, got to uh, encounter Adam actually through uh, our lead pastor, Rusty George's podcast, and he had Adam on and they were talking about his new book, which we'll get to in just a few minutes. And uh, you shared a really great story. And I just remember thinking, I got to get that guy on the podcast (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm uh, I'm grateful for that. I don't even know what story I shared on his podcast, but let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's go. go. I'm excited about it. All right, then. Let's jump right in. Well, Adam, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and why you do it? Yeah, so I'm born and raised from South Dakota. Been here my whole life with the exception South of three. South Dakota. South Dakota, if you don't know, is a part of the United States of America. Like I, I promise you, <laughs> some people are like, is that a foreign country? No, it's a, it's a state. So I'm born and raised here with the exception of three years when I went to Kentucky uh, for That's seminary. That's right, baby. Go but I, I went uh, for business and marketing, my undergrad. I uh, came to Christ later on in high school, had a huge transformation, um, always thought I would, would, would work in the ad agency. I'd start a company of some kind. Uh, that fell apart because God had a different idea. Um, I ended up, the summer before my senior year of college, filled in for a pastor. And within wow. the, the first week, I knew I was supposed to be a pastor. So went to seminary, got married, actually, before going to seminary. The next day, we moved to Kentucky. I always say, uh, my honeymoon, i Drove through beautiful cities like Lafayette, Indiana. A lot of people go to Lafayette, Indiana on the honeymoon, don't they? But yeah, a, for sure. It's a honeymoon destination. Oh, I think technically great. I owe my wife a honeymoon. Basically, every time I say that, I'm like, gosh, you are a terrible husband. So went to Kentucky, came back, started a church. I didn't want to start a church, uh, but started a church when I was 24 years old. Wow. Been, been here since. Uh, I'm married to my wife, Becky. Uh, we got four kids. I, you know, I pastor a church. I'm still the most unlikely of people to be pastors. Why I do what I do, uh, the greatest joy in my life is Jesus. And mm. I know that's something lame that a pastor is supposed to say. I don't feel like a pastor, but I know um, the greatest joy in my life is Jesus. And so I just want to spend the rest of my life telling people about Jesus. And so Man. that's really my goal. I, I, I legitimately picture myself in a nursing home, wheeling from from room to room someday telling telling people about Jesus. So that that is uh that is my goal. That's my plan. I love it. I love it. And you are the lead pastor of Embrace Church, correct? I am. Yeah. 
uh, it's a place. So just so you know, Adam, uh, my wife and I, we we have this thing that we're trying to visit every state in the country. Um, just to, and South Dakota, every time, every time we start planning a trip, I'm like, we should just do it this year. Let's do you know, it. Let's do it. And then, because now we have, because there was really only one thing to go see in South Dakota. Now we have two. We can go see Mount Rushmore and we can come see Adam at Embrace Church. <laughs> one of the, I always tell people, one of the coolest drives, and I've, I've seen most of the country, one of the coolest drives, fly into Sioux Falls and drive okay. across the state and okay. you will see every possible like different landscape that you can imagine. Wow. It's a really beautiful drive. Beautiful. If you could only choose one side of the state, definitely go to the west side, which is, I'm on the east side, so I'm talking smack about my <laughs> own side. The west side is where it's at. It's beautiful out there. That's awesome, man. And I, I listen, I lived eight years in Kentucky. We get all the jokes. Like everybody makes a joke. So I hope you don't uh, feel bad about my uh, South Dakota uh, oh, joke there. So no, no worries whatsoever. Yeah, if you if you every every single January and February, I question my intelligence. Oh gosh, I'm like, what listen, are we doing here? Why? Listen, what are we doing? We like. I imagine that Indiana or sorry, South Dakota is no joke, but Indiana winters were so bad. That's why we moved to California, man. We I, my bones couldn't handle it anymore. It's intense. And uh, legitimately, it feels like Indiana doesn't even have winter compared to us. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's, okay. ter- it's terrible. It's terrible. Note to self, avoid South Dakota during the winter. Yes. All right. Yes. Well, Adam, we're in a series called Leaders in the Living Room. And obviously, you're one of the phenomenal leaders that has come across my radar that I've started to follow and watch how you're leading. And you're leading in your home and you're leading in your workspaces, which I'm calling living rooms, right? Especially during a season like the one we're in with this pandemic. Why don't you kind of give us a snapshot, a little peek into uh, how you've been leading your family and then subsequently your workplace during this season? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, honestly, this has been for me personally not to, not belittling the heartache that our country's gone through. Um, you know, even through COVID, I've worried for my own parents. They both have very compromised health systems, yeah. and, and like this themselves, and so I've worried for them. So, not taken lightly of that, it's been one of the most life giving seasons of my life. Um, I got two for just personally, I got two rhythms started almost immediately when COVID hit for the first time since college, I started regularly working out. Mm. I'm I'm the healthiest I've been physically since I was, uh, since I was a senior in college. Um, Mm. I'm I'm down 20 some pounds, five and a half inches, and I feel the best I've ever felt. And so I developed that rhythm. And then the other rhythm was really spending some quality time with God. And again, I know a pastor is supposed to say that that doesn't come natural for me. I'm an Enneagram three achiever. Let's do, do, do. And so it's hard for me just to sit, but I really got some wonderful rhythms of just praying and being still and sitting with God. And, um, I, so I feel like I developed those two rhythms and that really impacts. I mean, it changes you when you have those two rhythms set up. And so I, I just even feel like modeling and leading in my home is maybe the strongest I've ever been as a husband and as a father of, of just living it out and being joy-filled and my kids knowing who is going to come through the, through the door at the end of the day. A, right. not a, instead of being a stressed out version, really just say, hey, lo- what are we going to do tonight? You right. guys want to play football? You want to play catch? And so I think for me, it's, I've always tried to model 
a relationship with Jesus. And, and through COVID, I feel like it's been the best version of that. Yeah. Instead of kind of telling my kids they should, they should, they should, they should, I hope they just see dad constantly mm. reading his Bible, mm. co- constantly praying, constantly having joy, um, and being willing to say or share times that I'm struggling as well. But but I, I really hope I, I model that out. And then I, with the staff, I think it's a it's a similar thing. More than more than preaching a good message, they they could see the fool behind the message, you know, right? And right. whether whether it's a true story or not, and so I've just been really make. I, I just feel like it's been an overflow even into the staff of them right. seeing like like tonight. It's not an embrace event. It's just me um, doing a, a thing. So we restored. I share about it in the book. Actually, we we bought the drug house behind our house. Oh wow! And, and we restored it. We sold our lake cabin that was beautiful to buy a dump. And so tonight at, at 6.30, we're doing a, a night of worship there. Oh, wow. And, and it's, gonna, it's not going to be huge. Right. I, I asked two staff people, not as work, who don't lead worship but have a passion for worship, if they'd be willing to come. And they both were like giddy. They're like, I love leading worship and I rarely get to. Yeah. I'm, gu- I'm guessing we'll have 15 people there. It's not going to be awesome. big. Yeah. I, it's a private Facebook event. I told you can invite whoever you want to, but we intentionally didn't want it to be this big. Right. Thing. And right. so I think there's and them even seeing that part of me. Yeah. And them knowing that, you know, and uh, some of them do on Tuesday morning, I had, I had a prayer time in that same house at 7 a.m. And eight guys showed up. Man. And I think, good. I think them see, seeing that simple, like, Adam lives this out. Like this right. is legitimately who he is, I think is the best way to lead. And, and also to be in, just to be in, uh, like real about, Hey guys, our attendance is not what it's been. You know, if you would have told me our attendance would be right now, if it wasn't for COVID, I would have said who had a moral failure times <laughs> 10, yeah. you know, like what yeah. did we do? Yeah. And so, um, you know, early on, one of my closest friends, who was our first full-time hire said, Every part of my job that I love, I feel like has been taken away from me mm, by yeah. COVID, not by a, not by a decision, right. but by COVID. And um, so it's it's just to be honest about about um, the discouragement, but also to continue sharing stories about how God's continuing to move. I, I think for a leader, I think for us to be great at sharing stories of life change, even right now, mm. is is critical. As a pastor, as the lead pastor specifically. You, you, there's a lot of things that are not fun a part as a part of your job, but you do get to hear a lot of cool God stories. Oh yeah. And so instead of just keeping them to yourself more than ever, be sharing them. Yeah. Um, you know, ask the person if you're going to share specific details. Hey, do you care if I share this with the team? Yeah. Um, cause, uh, that's the stuff that keeps the fire burning. No, that's so good, Adam. I, I love that. And I think it can be very easy for us to just look at, um, just look at what's going on and think, gosh, I'm not being successful. Uh, Aaron Brockett, who's the leader, pa- lead pastor at Traders Point, he said this. He said, you know, when COVID hit, the dashboard changed, right? Good. Good. Well, we've been looking at the metrics for success that it changed. It completely changed. Success is now measured differently. It's not in the numbers. It's not in the finance. It's in the people. How are we engaging people? How are we helping people? What life transforming transform forming stories are we hearing and sharing and experiencing and so um i that's love a, that that's a hard shift to make oh you know like even for me i keep i keep thinking it's the same scoreboard yep 
And um, again, I'm an achiever. Like that's what I do. That's how I'm wired. That's how God, that's how God wired me. Exactly. And there's a, there's a negative side to every way that God has wired you. You, We, we, as humans, we're great experts at screwing up good things that God gives us. (laughs) For (laughs) sure. But like, uh, I, I just think like, um, I think to be honest about that, but it really is shifting and saying, okay, here, here's what we're running after. Here's what we're going for. And, um, I, I think as a leader, you got to help set that and help yep. share the vision behind that. That's exactly. been a, that's, that continues to be a struggle for me. I'm, I'm learning what that looks like. And I'm also learning to get excited about that new finish line. Yeah. Um, yep. and it's a different finish line, so it's hard to get excited, you know, but, um, I think just to be real about that is important. No, that's so good. And, and, uh, you know, you're talking to a fellow three here too. <laughs> so this season has been like. Oh man, I've gotten so many things done. I I probably would have never got done before because I think that's been the great part about being a three is that I've said, okay, I'm going to really be in tune with my family. That's a goal I have now. And I'm really going to try to leverage my relationships. Well, I want to care for people well. And so, which, which is interesting because that kind of leads into your book. You know, you wrote a book called love has a name and the premise of the book is all about learning to love the different, the difficult, and everyone else. Why don't you tell us a little bit about like the inspiration behind writing the book? And then I really want you to share the story that actually captured my uh, attention about Adam Weber is that <laughs> you set this desk up on a street corner. So talk about the inspiration and then tell us that story. Yeah, so uh, two, two years ago, I w- went through uh, I, the hardest season of my, my life. Uh, I am naturally a person who loves people. My wife always tells me I have the gift of a- attracting every strange ranger on the planet. I always can, I always consider that a compliment. I'm like, thank yeah. you. Thank you. So yeah, much. Yeah. I just do. Like I love people. I love hearing their stories. But two years ago, I went through a hard season. I needed to make a, a hard leadership decision, which was not a popular decision. Mm. And I mean, it was terrible. It was whole, I was devastated had a bunch of people that I care a whole bunch about walk out of my life. Mm. Um, I mean, it was, it was horrible. Any, anybody who's a leader, I really believe at some point you will walk through something similar. I was just with a group of pastors last week from across the country. Almost every single one had been through something horrible mm. like that. Yeah. I mean, just was in it when you're in it, you feel like you're the only one. But so anyways, I was jaded for the first time in my life. I wanted to love my wife, my kids, a few close friends, and that's it. I was really where our world is right now today. Mm. You know, our world is like, yeah. I want to love, love a few people and everybody and else can mind their business. You look yeah. different than me, vote different than me, think whatever, just kind of like, please stay away. But that's where I was for the first time ever. Yet, thankfully, God doesn't let us stay there. Yeah. And so really, this book came out of me learning what it looks like to love people when I don't want to love people. And need I needed God to to train me to really rewire my heart. And it was pretty cool. One quick thing about the book, each chapter is the name of a person who's either loved me or I've tried to love them combined with someone similar that Jesus has loved. And one of the main things that began to heal my soul, it's easy to think about all the people that you hate. I mean, if I was to ask, name five people that just annoy the crap out of you. You would be able to list them off quickly because you they came heard, too fast to my head right now. Yeah, you've you've like body slammed them in your daydreams. Like yeah. you've punched them in the face in your shower. Like you cursed them out in your car. You know, like just like 
it's so easy. But what if we began to focus on the five people or however many people who showed up when nobody else showed up, mm. who were faithful yes. when they could have easily been unfaithful, when what like they loved us when we were unlovable. That began to change me to think about those people. So the story you're referring to, a couple of years ago, I began to pray two very similar things. The first thing was, God, help me to find one person a day that I can go out of my way to love. That was one thing. The second thing, I began to have this feeling where anytime I felt like God wanted me to do something, I was going to say yes. Yeah. Like, I just, I'm going to say yes. And I specifically would pray the second part or even both of them when I was struggling with anxiety myself. Mm. I would just start praying like, God, is there something I can do to, to love somebody, to like show them that they matter? And so one day I had the idea that I was going to buy a fold out desk that you like a suitcase that folded into a table. And uh, I'm like, okay, what am I going to do with that? I'm going to sit on a street corner and ask if I, if people want to be listened to, like, you know, need to talk, grab a seat. Like I was just like, okay, uh, I don't even, uh, okay. Am I going to do this? Yep. Yep. Go buy this stuff. So I, I, I found a desk online. It was on Amazon. Just search awesomeness desk and it was okay. Like, okay. I'm about to lie. <laughs> but I found it. I found it online. So I found this desk online. I remember I had a wooden chair from when I was in seminary that we still hadn't thrown away that was in our basement. That was a quick like wood foot out fold out chair. I got a picture of my wife. I got a fake plant. I got a bobblehead of a baseball player. I don't even know who he is. That's great. And, and then I made a sign that says need to talk, grab a seat. So the sign, a guy, a guy was doing construction in our church here. And I just said, Hey, can you make me like a wood sign really quick? And he's like wow. a two, two by four shot together. I'm like, yep. So he's like, okay. So he went downstairs literally and then like came back up and wow. he's like, is this what you're talking about? I'm like, that's exactly it. And then I just wrote those words on, I put it in the back of my car and for a year I didn't do anything with it. Okay. Every so often I'd feel like, hey, go set that up. Go set that up. And I'm like, I don't want to set that up. Who does that? That's weird. Like that's, I'm not going to do that. You should go do that. You should go do that. I don't want to go do that. I don't want to go do that. Well, one week I didn't have to preach that Sunday. It was a Tuesday and I just felt like God was just like, okay, now like you're going to do it. You don't have any excuses. Mm. And I was like, okay, God, like it was one of those days where I was tired of being hounded by him. And I said, okay, God, there's two corners that I think would be good to work in a non-shady sort of way. There's two corners. and Because I have to be strategic because this guy, right. I, got, I, got, I got a baldness and I'm as white as they come, borderline red. Oh, man. And so I need shade. And so there's two corners that I'm like, if there's a parking spot by them, I'll pull over and I'll do it. Mm-hmm. So I get to the far, the first corner and there is, there's no parking spot. And I'm just like, okay, like I'm, I'm okay. This, I get to the second one and I can tell there's no parking spots. Okay. And I'm like, all right, God, all right, God. I tried, I tried. As soon as I'm about to drive past, person throws it in reverse and opens the spot right up, <laughs> like right next to it. And I, I'm not kidding. I, I pull in. I give myself the pep talk of all pep talks and I'm a high extrovert. This is, this is weird. And it's a busy corner and Sioux Falls is a little big town. I mean, it's like 200,000, but there's going to be people who recognize who you are. And so I, um, I get up, I get set up, I bring my laptop out and I start typing on my computer, just acting like hoping nobody's going to see me. And I'm positive. Nobody's going to sit down. And, um, within, within minutes, there's people who start, Hey, what are you doing? I'm, I'm just sitting, mm-hmm. what are you, what are you offering to talk about? 
actually whatever you want to talk about. And they just kept blocking. And I'm just like, yep, that's probably what it's going to be. Nobody's actually right. going to sit down. A few minutes later, um, a guy scares me. He sits down. And he's like, so I just sit down? And I'm like, yep. I mean, he just like shocked me. Wow. And I, I said, um, um, what's your name? And he says, my name, my name is Jerry. He's like, well, what are we going to talk about? I said, actually, whatever you want to talk about. And he said, um, he, I, 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 I said, well, how, how, are you, how are you doing? And he said, I'm doing really, really good. He's like, lately I've been struggling with, being, like, with just being anxious. And, and then he shifted gears and he began to tell me about his career. Mm. This guy, this man, Jerry, was, was in his probably mid-50s wearing a suit that was more expensive than the Fiat that I pulled up in. <laughs> and um, this seemed like a very sharp professional guy. He's a yeah. scientist. And he began to tell me for the next 10 minutes all of his accomplishments. Wow. And um, I'm, I, I, he got done. He used half the words. I didn't even understand what they were. But he, he got done. And I genuinely said, wow, that's amazing. Uh, I, it's none of my business. But um, when you first started, you said that you've been anxious lately. Would you want to tell me about that? And I mean, immediately, again, this sharp professional man, you could just tell he shifted his posture, everything about him. And he said, um, lately, I've been having panic attacks. And I don't know what's wrong with me. Wow. And he began to sob in front of me, just sobbing. And he said, I'm so sorry. And I said, you don't need to be sorry. I'm, I'm so embarrassed. I don't know why I can't stop crying right now. And I said, I've struggled with anxiety from time to time myself. You don't need to be embarrassed. He's like, I don't know what's wrong with me. My, my son's actually scared about me. And that's why I'm in town. I'm staying at my adult son's house right now. Yeah. And um, he just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And um, I said, again, none of my business. Have you, have you ever thought about inviting God into all this? And again, we're in, like, there's people walking by us constantly, and he's sobbing. And he said, you think God would want to be a part of this mess? Mm. And I said, well, Jerry, actually, I don't, I don't think I actually know that yeah. even in our darkest, lowest, crappiest moments, that actually in those moments, God even gets closer to us. Yeah. It just began to sob again. We, we prayed together. I asked if I could pray for him prayed for him um it, it, it was it was time up because his son was just getting off work his son was an engineer down the street he got up and he said before i sat down i walked past you and i said to myself if that man's still sitting there when i come back i'll sit down mm. and he said adam if for nobody else you, you came here for me today wow I mean, so that was the first of now I do it constantly. The very next time, it was a, it was a young, sharp, 30-year-old uh, gal who sat down, and she told me she was having a crap storm of a day. She didn't say crap, different four-letter <laughs> word. And, uh, and uh, she said, um, I saw you. I got to my car, and um, I, she said, I couldn't help but wonder, what are the chances that on one of the worst days of my life, there's a guy sitting at his desk right in front of my car that says need to talk ground a seat so she said i got i got my butt back out of my car she didn't say the word butt yeah <laughs> and that's why i'm sitting here she told me she just like 15 minutes earlier got the phone call from her 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 dad's doctor that there was nothing more that they could do he was he was he had terminal cancer wow and so i got to pray with her and what i found one of the simplest ways to, to love somebody is just to listen to them yeah. So often we want answers, and that's true as as leaders. That's true as dads, as yeah. 
family members. So often we think we need all the answers when all like a lot of times we just need to listen. Mm-hmm. We don't need to have any answers. Sometimes as leaders and as people, we try to give answers that like are kind of trite answers and it actually causes more pain than anything instead of just being like, gosh, I don't know what to say. Like, um, right. but I, I, I love you and uh, I'm just going to listen, yeah. you know, and just yeah. being, being present. Jesus was so good at being present. Yes. And, um, yes. but literally it turned into these random things I've been doing. Cause this is one of the weird, bizarre things I do. I do all kinds of weird, bizarre things. <laughs> the last few years of my wife, I'll come home and she'll be like, you did what? <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I, I promise. I don't know what's wrong. That's a bad idea. What's that? But, uh, it ends up being the most life-giving part of my week. Yeah, man, that's so good. And I'm so glad you could share that because I think, I think you see that come out in your book. You see that, posture that vulnerability but that that humility just to like i may not have all the answers but man an ear right now could do a million different joyful things for somebody right yeah 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 and what and what if we during this this campaign season like in covid and everybody yelling at each other what if as followers of jesus we were the best listeners hmm and it wasn't that we were watered down and unwilling to take hard stands. Yes. But what if we were just really good at listening yep. and people knew that we were, we were listening to listen, not listening to respond or to shut them down or to win a conversation, but we just listened really, really well. Yeah, man, that's, that's so good, Adam. I appreciate you encouraging us in that. And uh, now let's, so Adam wrote the book, Love Has a Name. Uh, and it's learning to love the different, the difficult, and everyone else. Adam, where can everybody get this book at? Yeah, you can pretty much get it anywhere books are sold. So Amazon, Target, Walmart, Barnes and Noble, add it to your grocery list. <laughs> you can, <laughs> that'd be so weird to buy. I, I don't think I've ever bought a book from Walmart, but I, maybe I need to start buying books. From I mean, it's probably possible <laughs> just, now. Just do it. Just do it. Just no, do but it. you can you can get the book anywhere though. Well, Adam, Adam, we appreciate you coming on the show today. Adam Weber, lead pastor of Embrace Church. We are just so thankful for you, man. Oh, it's a, it's been an absolute joy. My face hurts from smiling right now. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, I want to thank you for listening today. If this was helpful for you, would you do me a favor, a big favor, and share this with others? I also would love it if you provide a positive rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts because you guys know this show is all about reaching more people. Uh, It's not about fame or popularity. All I want to do, all this podcast is designed for is to help encourage and inspire every Christian to love Jesus and to live out their purpose in uncommon ways. Thanks for joining and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. For more information on today's topic, visit UncommonChristianPodcast.com.